question is, what will you do when the brook dries up? What will you do when the brook dries up? So, let's, let's start off reading. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn uh, thee eastward, and hide thyself in the brook uh, Cherith, and, that is, before Jordan. And that shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed, to feed thee there, so that, so that he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and, the flesh, in the, uh, and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there, was, there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee out of Seraphath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Uh, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Why don't we pray this morning? Father, we love and thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, God. I'm asking, God, that you would help me this morning, God, to convey, Lord, that which you have placed in my heart, Father. I'm asking, God, that you would help me convey it, Lord, effectively, Lord, in Jesus' name. Help me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Elijah, perhaps, is uh, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite prophets. Uh, this man was a man with tremendous authority, uh, it's very interesting to note the fact that, that he was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, uh, which means he was in, in, not necessarily an Israelite, but rather an Ishmaelite. So that's pretty, whenever I begin to study this character, I found that out, and it just, it's, it's I don't know if God didn't have, if, if the condition of Israel was in su- such, just, just, that he had to use a Gentile prophet to speak to his people. I don't, I don't understand but we see that, however, that God was honoring his word and God was backing up what he was proclaiming. And uh, uh, perhaps the reason God honored Elijah was because the fact that he stood on his word, that he believed on his word, that he believed on his word. For in Deuteronomy, the Bible tells us, take heed to yourself, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord anger be arised against you and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce and you perish quickly uh, from the good from the good land which the Lord is giving to you giving you and so it might have been the fact that uh, that uh, Elijah knew that scripture and that's why he stood up and proclaimed that there be no rain for the land was uh, was for the people of God were giving themselves wholeheartedly to idolatry at that, pro- at that time that he proclaimed that prophecy. I also believe that one of the reasons that God honored the, his word was because Baal worship was rampant among God's people in the land, and, and it was rampant amongst the land. And since Baal was the alleged rain god, uh, I believe that God uh, wanted, to, wanted to prove himself strong. Amen? Uh, and, he wanted, and he wanted them to... He wanted him to realize that only God is in control 
of the weather and not some deity uh, by the name of Baal. In other words, Jehovah can do for us what no other God can do for us. Amen. This world can fail us, but there is a God that's willing to prove himself strong in our life. Amen. And for he is God overall. It could have been that God was trying to bring them to the end of their idolatry by removing what they were putting their hope in. Amen. So in other, in, in other words, he want to say, where's Baal at now? <laughs> you see, I brought a drought and I want you to call on this God named Baal. I want to I want to know where he's at this morning. <laughs> and so we know, of course, the answer he did. He couldn't answer for there is no other God that can answer us but the one true living God. Amen. And said, James lets us know that the duration of this uh, lasted for about three years and six months. This, was, this calamity uh, was, uh, this, brought upon the land of Israel was applied because of, the, uh, because of a punishment for their sins. And I can envision three and a half years, the land just being desolate, being just a wasteland. Uh, I love the Old Testament because it's so graphic, and, and, and when you look, when you read the Old Testament, a lot of times it's very, stories are very quick, and then just, it's just two or three chapters, or not even a chapter, the story goes on, but there's so much description in it that, you're, that you could stay stuck on that, and so whenever I read through stuff like this, I like to sit down and, and, and wonder how it was, and, and I could just envision just, uh, just cotton mouth. I can envision just heartache. I can envision desperation. I can envision a land where people were beginning to wonder what was going to happen to their family. I can envision a land where, 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 where it was just an utter waste. And, but amidst of this, uh, in the midst of this tremendous drought, God sends Elijah to the brook Cherith so he can preserve him there. Amen. God has the power to preserve his people even in the midst of drought. God has the power to sustain the people of God no matter what way the economy goes. Amen. God has the power to, to sustain us, to help us, to carry us through even some of the most adverse situations. And all we got to do is remain submitted to Him. And all we got to do is remain faithful to Him. And God promises to be there for us. Amen. And so... Don't quit tithing when the, when, the, when the going gets rough. Don't quit giving offering when the, when the going gets rough. Amen? I'm a witness of this. I remember um, before, I, before I came to the Lord, I, I lost my license. And so, uh, minor under the influence, and I just kept driving, Sister Gandhi, and I kept on racking up more debt with the law, and I got to the point where I owed about $5,000 to the law, and uh, it was shortly right after that that the Lord saved me, and, and, uh, and, and now uh, I, I found myself in the, in walking with God, but I had no license, and, uh, it, and I, I didn't have a vehicle <laughs> even after I came to the Lord. And God was doing a, a tremendous work in my life spiritually, but I, I didn't have no vehicle and I didn't have no license. So can you imagine how hard it was to pay back the law 
so I can get my license reinstated. But God would, God would always make a way. He was always making a way. I remember the first time uh, uh, that I wanted to go look for, after I, 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 after I uh, uh, gave my life to the Lord, it was my, well, my cousins and I, we went to this outlet out there in California, and we began looking for a job because we, you know, we didn't want to just stay home. And so now we're looking for a job, and, and then we're, we're just, all right, well, you go this way, you go that way, I'll go this way. And so I, find my, I found myself at a Ralph Lauren Polo. <laughs> and I, uh, I asked, I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a job. Do you guys have any applications? And said, yeah, we, we have a, a applications. We'll come on in, you know. And so I'm, I'm sitting there. I filled out my application. And I need you to be here tomorrow, so-and-so time. And I was like, all right, awesome. I got a, I got a job. Other people, other people rejected me, didn't take me. But I got a job at Ralph Lauren Polo. So then I'm, I'm walking. I'm looking for my cousin. And then my cousin, I found him, and I was like, hey, what's up, Kevin? Do you have any luck? And he's like, yeah, man, I got hired at Ralph Lauren Polo. <laughs> he had a car. I did it. I was going to have to take the bus, but God knew that I needed to make some money, and he, and he provided. And so... That's just one of the instances. Another instance, I got a job in the oil field. I, luckily, I didn't, have to I didn't have to drive. I got a job with my mom, and, 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 and my mom would take me to work. And then I, had, I got a job at a company with, my, with a friend of mine. And, my, and then so my friend, he would pick me up in the mornings, and we'd go to work together. And it, and it so happened that I, I was, it was to the age of 23 that I finally got my license reinstated after I could pay that, 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 all that debt back. But I wasn't making enough money to pay it, so I went to the oil field, saved up money, I paid it, and then you think that I'd come home, and then I'd just, you know, look for a, a better-paying job. And but then God places a call on me, and God begins to move on me about going to Bible school. And so I come back to Tyler, and then I'm, I'm like, and then I, I get a job, and I was making, I would say, fourteen dollars an hour. To me, man, that was a lot of money. That was more money than I made in my life. And so, but God had, was calling me, begging at me to prepare me to, 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 to go to Bible school. And so it, it was, I was like, man, I don't know if I, should I leave this $14 job or should I go to Bible school? I don't know what's going to happen over there. And so thankfully I got to Bible school and sure, again, I didn't, I don't know how I was going to make it. And, you know, by the help of the Lord and thanks to my parents, but Again, I didn't have a vehicle, so I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get a job. I'm going to have to be driving the bus. And I just so happened to ask the lunch lady, are you guys hiring? And she said, yeah, we're hiring, you know. I was like, all right. So I got a job at the, at the cafeteria. I didn't have to drive nowhere. It paid for my room, and it paid for my, my room and board, and it paid for, and it paid for, uh, and it paid for my schooling. Let me tell you, whenever you step out in faith, God makes away and no matter how hard it might seem out there God is able to sustain his people if they can just follow after him amen so we see Elijah being fed by the ravens bread and meat and he had a brook there uh, to drink from shortly after the brook dried up and so God sends Elijah to another place so he arose and went to Seraphath and he went and he came to the gate of the city 
Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that he may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Don't fear, go and do as, as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And after and afterward make uh, make some of yourself, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain on the earth. Without water to drink, Elijah receives a word from God to go to Zarephath. There lived a widow with there lived a widow with her with her only son. And so Elijah arrives in Zarephath. And he asked the widow for something to eat, according to what God had ordered. However, she only had a bit of flour for one last meal. God knew this, but he was also wanting to test her faith so that he could prove himself strong in her life. And in verse 12, the Bible says, So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am getting a couple of sticks that I may go in, go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So this woman had lost complete hope. So the prophet of God goes up to this woman and said, Hey, I need you to make me a meal. And she was picking up sticks. Can't you see I'm picking up sticks? I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. It's just enough to make a meal, and after I, I eat it, I'm just going to go ahead and die. So she, wasn't, she, she had lost complete hope, but thanks be to God that God had other plans for this woman. Amen? And so despite the extreme need in which the, in which the widow of Zerapath was, she obeyed the prophet, and then after that we see that God multiplied the flour and her oil in a miraculous manner. That's why I stand here sometimes. Don't resist the man of God. It pays to obey the man of God. It pays to listen to the preaching of the word and to do the word. Amen. There is a blessing whenever there is obedience mixed with your faith. God wants us for it. God wants it to be more than just mental consent. He wants us to hear the word and to take the word and put it in our heart and put the word into, into action so that he can prove himself strong in our word. I know that mainstream Christianity, all it requires is for you to just believe on the Lord. Amen. But there is a blessing when you obey the word of God. There's a blessing whenever you take God at his word and you say, Lord, I'm not going to stand on my my, the way I think, but I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to take you at your word, and if your word says this, and if your word says that, I'm going to do that which is written in the word, and that's the way we receive the blessings of God, and that's the way we receive the favor of God. If The just shall live by faith, scripture teaches us, amen? That means whenever the word comes out, amen, we take the word, and, if, and, and it makes it, and it's able to make us just by our obedience to the word. Amen.
<clears throat> now it happened that after these things that the son of the woman who had owned the house became very sick. And we see that there was a, that, that, that the breath left him. And one of the things that struck me was that what she told Elijah. She says, so she said to Elijah, what have I done with you, O man of God? Have you come to me and bring my, uh, to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? It struck me whenever she said that, hey, did you come here to pronounce judgment on me? Did you come here to just criticize me? I'm so thankful that we live in a church that we have that we're part of a church, amen, that don't that don't criticize you, that don't that 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 is there to help you to strengthen you. Amen. And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on a on on his own bed and then we see Elijah cry out and he, he begins to pray and he says Lord oh my Lord have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son and he stretched himself out and the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said oh Lord my Lord I pray let this child's soul come back to him and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. Shortly after the widow's son died, Elijah prays this tremendous prayer, and God's re God resurrects this young man. You see, Elijah did not stay next to the brook protesting, why did God dry it up? Instead, he diligently obeys the word of God and goes to Seraphath without knowing what would happen. The widow of Zarephath did not protest either. Although she was asked to give her last piece of bread to a stranger, we see that uh, because of God, because of God's request, we see that God performs a miracle on her behalf. Elijah and the widow trusted that God would act in some manner during these difficult moments, and that's what ends up happening. If they had not taken the steps of obedience and faith, two great miracles would have never have happened. The, the multiplication of the meals would have never happened. The resurrection of the, of the uh, widow's son would have never have happened. And I tend to believe that without obedience, amen, uh, this would have never have happened. Faith is a step between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise. However, when we read through Scripture, every miracle, whether it was great or small, begins with one act of obedience perhaps we will not see the solution until we make the steps of faith that are required and i don't know who i'm talking to this morning but god is waiting on us to step out so he can confirm amen god is waiting on us to take him at his word so he can confirm his word Amen. As I, as I told you the story before, I did not know what was going to happen to me. I just, I just felt it strongly. I felt that direction, and I stepped out, and God caught me in Stockton, California. And he made a way. He provided a way. I graduated with my associate's degree. Amen. I came back thinking, make, I came back to Texas not knowing 
whether I was going to get a good job or not. I came back and now I'm making a few more dollars than I made than I made before I left to California. Listen to me, whenever God moves on you, he's just waiting he's waiting to bless you, but we got to act upon what God places in our heart. A lot of times we, we, we count the cost and, and we see, well, I'm not going to be able to do this. or I'm not going to be able to do that. Or, and, and, and I'm not going to be able to. And, and, and I'm not, what, if, what if this doesn't happen? Well, this is going to have to be stripped away. This is what is going to have to be taken away. Amen. But listen, let me tell you that it's worth giving up whatever you have to give up to serve the Lord. God has far greater plans for us. He's got a far greater, better future for us. If Elijah would have stayed at the brook pouting and crying, he would have never gone to the, the he would have never gone to the widow's house and he would have never he would have never experienced what he experienced. When we are being blessed by God, there's always a purpose behind it. The blessing of God is never more important than the purpose that he has for each and one of us. There are times we can be so preoccupied with our personal well-being that if we're not careful, we can be neglecting God's purpose for our lives. God knew that if he had not dried up the brook, Elijah would have continued to live there. He would have continued enjoying its waters and, and the daily meals that were brought to him by the ravens. It's, inter- it's, it's interesting to note that, that Cherith, in its original language, means to cut off or cut down. And this is precisely what God does every time he wants to move us out of our comfort zones into his will. He begins to cut things down. He asks us at times to cut things down. He beckons with us. He reasons with us. He deals with us. He convicts us. He he says, let this go. Let these go. Let that go. And if it's not in his will, he'll cut it down to get us to his will. Amen? God cuts our supplies with a clear intention. Sometimes our employments finish. Our finances decreases. Our endeavors fail. And I've seen stuff like this move to, to seek God in a way that they've never sought God after before. In other, case, our cherith, in other cases, our cherith can be our health. In other times, our cherith can be our luck, our lack of understanding of friends and family, divisions and interpersonal conflicts are also not always a work of the enemy. There are times disagreements happen to bring us out of a refuge of our relationships. I remember before I, I came to the Lord, it seemed like nothing was going good for me. Anything I did uh, everything I did just amounted to nothing. 
and I was trying to be a good person and I was trying to be a moral person. But at the same time, I was tied to things that were destroying me. I was tied to things that were destroying my, my, my family, that were destroying my life. And not only my life, but it was destroying my future. And I finally got to a place where I knew that if I continued living in such a manner, I, don't not, I did not know what my life was going to end up at. And so I turned to God and I said, God, if you're out there, I know I've told this many, these stories many times. I said, God, if you're out there, I need you to help me. And sure enough, he came, stepped into my life and delivered me. Amen. But in order for me to position myself to be in the will of God, I had to let go of things. And so now there's been times in my walk with God where I've put too much on my plate and I, and I started getting entangled with too many things that had also done the same thing. That had also caused me to neglect the will of God, the purpose of God for my life. And again, God came to my life and began beckoning at me, you need to let go of this, you need to let go of that, amen. And I've seen God prove himself strong. You see, God desires, God, God's desire is that we leave Cherith, what's ours behind, for, for, for us to go to Zarephath, the desire will of God. So this morning, why don't we consider, where does God want us to be today? What ministry or service does God want to place in us for the honor and glory of his wonderful name? Where will the next miracle be? If he had not left the brook Cherith, he would have never experienced what he experienced. And I feel this strongly, and I feel that, that, that God is, 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 is warning us to consider our comfort zones and leaving our comfort zones for the miraculous that lays ahead of us. Pastor has been, has been dealing with us about change and has been dealing with us about, uh, about, uh, about if, we want, if we want change, we're going to have to make some changes. And so under that, I, 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 under that umbrella, I felt this strongly. God is wanting to bring the miraculous into our lives, but he's waiting for us to make the changes necessary that could bring us out of our comfort zones so we can experience everything that God has for us. Amen. Listen, folks, we can be so entangled in the affairs of our personal life that there are widows out there. <clears throat> that there are souls out there that are waiting for us to heed the word of God and to leave that which is comfortable and to leave that with leave the ravens and leave the, and leave the brook amen so that they can experience too what God has in store for them <clears throat> I want us to stand this morning Ministry will cost us our time, it will cost us our effort, and it's not always convenient to the flesh. But I believe it's worth it all. 
It was worth it all to Christ. He stepped down from heaven. He robed himself in flesh. And he, and he dwelt among us. And he became a man. So that, he could, so that we would be saved. So this morning, uh, I want us to pray before the Bible study ends. And maybe you have not tapped into all that God has for us. And I know I, I have not either. But I know that there's a lot waiting for us if we're just willing to pay the price. Amen. So why don't we pray this morning and say, God, I, I ask you, Lord, that you would, Father, reveal to us, God, what steps that we need to take, God, in order to fulfill your word, God. If you see us walking in our own ways, I ask, God, that you would help us, Lord, that your word may fall forward, God, and give us direction, God, so that we can experience the miraculous, Father. I ask of you, God, that you would help us, Lord, to follow after you, God, to deny ourselves, God, to take up our cross, God, for we want to experience everything that you have in store for us, God. Help us, Lord, continue to deal with us, Lord. Continue to beckon at our heart, God. Continue to move in our, in our soul, God. We want everything that you have in store for us, God. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, this morning. Amen. God bless you this morning.